welcome to another episode of Not Just Another Sports Podcast. Johnny Manziel will become even bigger in the city of Cleveland than his buddy and business partner LeBron James ever was. With Christian Ainsworth. Ben Simmons to me is the fifth best basketball player in the world. And Price Carter. Under pressure? Yes, Kawhi is better than Kobe was. I'm here to tell you about the player that's going to take the NFC East by storm and also get some MVP votes. We're talking about Danny Dimes. That might be the worst take I've ever heard. All right, guys, welcome back to Not Just Another Sports Podcast. This is Christian Ainsworth, and once again, I am here with friend of the show, David Drogemeyer. I believe I pronounced it right that time. How you doing, David? Yes, good job there, man. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Well, cool. Let's just get right into it. So, you know, as a Chiefs fan, we've dealt with some heartache this past week. And the honestly, the past two weeks have been kind of hard games to watch. One of our biggest takeaways, you know, as a show is is our run defense hasn't really been up to par. And, you know, having lost three of our most important players on the defensive end and then having them come back, at least two of them come back. Is there anything that you've seen from the Chargers in the past two weeks that gets you hopeful the rest of the season or, you know, has kind of got you down? Yeah, I mean, I think hopeful the is that Justin Herbert is definitely not having a sophomore slump. I mean, th- this guy is executing at a very high level in between the twenties. Uh, unfortunately, when you get into the red zone, the chargers have not uh, capitalized at a high enough rate. Uh, they're only scoring touchdowns on about 30% of the red zone trips, which is absolutely not going to cut it. Um, the also penalties have been a big problem for this team. They have to clean that up, but uh, the defense uh, has kept their opponents to uh, about 20 points or less per game in the first two games. So that's very encouraging. They're limiting the explosive plays um, like the Chiefs, they're not doing a great job against the run, but they are doing very, very well against the pass. So uh, I think they're, they're going to get that corrected. I do believe they'll, they'll play better football. And I love the leadership that Brandon Staley has uh, exuded the, in the first two games of the season. Uh, I think this Chargers team still needs time to gel, um, but they're getting better and they're getting more information so they can coach their guys better every time they go out there and play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to mention, your defensive rookies here, uh, Sante Samuel Jr. looked incredible these first two games. I mean, he, I, he had a few few downs every once in a while, but there were some plays he made where, I, man, even as a Chiefs fan, I'm like, dang, I, I really wish we had him on our team. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch Asante Samuel Jr. because he's been really close to the football. We know we knew going into this into it that he was a very feisty guy, that he was going to, to be very physical. He's going to be a strong tackler, uh, but he's also taken the ball away and given the ball back to the offense or contributed to a couple of different turnovers. And in the first game against the Washington football team, one of his tackles uh, allowed Kaiser White to knock the football out. And the Chargers were able to recover that fumble. And and then, of course, in the second game against the Dallas Cowboys, Asante Samuel Jr. gets his first pick uh, in his NFL career. Uh, And he also had a couple of really good pass breakups and some really strong tackles to to limit plays. I mean, being a corner is not all about making the sexy interceptions. It's about making the pass breakups. It's about making those key tackles in, in space. And Asante Samuel Jr. through a couple of games has really showed himself very, very well. Oh, yeah. Extremely physical. And, you know, as a fan of the defense, I really like to see that, especially from the corners. 
And you know what? We have to talk about my Missouri alumni, Larry Roundtree. What have you seen from him so far this season? Yeah, Larry Roundtree has been fun to watch. Uh, I think he's been very decisive. He's a strong runner. He's good in between the tackles. He has a little bit more burst than I gave him credit for coming out of Missouri when we watched him because we did watch tape on him going into the season for uh, our drafts, our draft shows and our draft prep. Uh, I liked what I saw. And, uh, you know, so far uh, in the opportunities that he's been given, uh, I think he's looked very, very good. I, I look forward to seeing him get more opportunities in the red zone. I think part of the plan on increasing their red zone efficiency is running the ball at a better clip, especially in, and running it more in the red zone. They've been really, really pass happy and uh, really pass centric going in the red zone. And that's led to a couple of picks. I think they're going to try to change strategy and utilize the running backs a little bit more. And that's one of the things that he did very, very well at Missouri is he scored a lot of touchdowns when he was given opportunities. He had a nose for the end zone and he got there. So that's the next evolution. I think that's the next step for Larry Roundtree in his career. Yeah, and, and I think that might, some of that at least, might be because of the offensive line not necessarily trusting them as much as they might this year, right? I mean, that offensive line looks like an absolute unit out there, which is amazing. I mean, Corey Lindsley coming in, of course, Rashawn Slater looking like a beast. Like, that, that offensive line has just completely turned around. Four out of the five guys I think you can look at and be very, very happy with what you've seen so far. Rashawn Slater through two games looks like an absolute animal. I mean, he looks like a stud. He's a guy you already trust to be out there on an island against some of the best pass rushers in the league and know that you don't have to help him because he's going to do his job at a very, very high level. He's so technically sound. He's very athletic for a big man. He can get out in space and cover and, and block in screens. He's really good against the run. Uh, he's just, man, he's just really fun to watch. Matt Filer's come in and done a really good job next to him with that nice veteran presence and then a calming presence in the middle with Corey Lindsley, a guy who's played at a very, very high level in, in the league, got paid accordingly, was an all-pro last year, uh, a guy that Aaron Rodgers personally said that he was pissed off that he was able to get free from Green Bay and leave in free agency. And the is definitely a huge win for the Chargers because that presence with a young quarterback, uh, I think to take some of the protection responsibility off of Herbert's plate is going to really allow Herbert to sit back and examine the defense and get his team in the right plays. So, um, and Odea Bushi's played very, very well too. I think at right guard, he's been very physical. Um, he's been good in pass protection. Unfortunately at right tackle, Brian Bulaga has been having some injury issues and Storm Norton has been up and down. I think, and that would probably be generous. I do think that he'll play better this week now that he knows exactly who he's going up against and he can really put together a much better plan to take away what these unique pass rushers that the Chiefs have uh, on that side of the ball. So going into this game, uh, what do you think the game plan should be for the Chargers, right? I mean, the Ravens kind of outlined, I know every time the Chiefs lose, there's a there's a new blueprint to beat the Chiefs. But how do you think that their game plan should be set up for this upcoming game? I know we know the Chiefs run defense is, you know, a little lackluster and, and could definitely improve um, and hopefully it will over the course of the season. But are there any matchups you see that you'd like to take advantage of any usages that you'd like to see increase or decrease for this upcoming game? Yeah, definitely. I think going to, going up against this Chiefs team, the, the first key is always to to get the running game established. I mean, I think they've shown through a couple of games that they really can't stop anybody against the run. And when you get the running game established, it does numerous things for you. It keeps you on the football field. It keeps you ahead of the chains. 
It shortens the game. It keeps Patrick Mahomes on the sideline where he can't score points and hurt you. And it keeps your defense on the sideline and keeps them fresh. So when they do have to go out there and contend with Patrick and all that speed that the Chiefs have, they're fresh and they're ready to go and they're ready to do that. Also, it sets up the play action game. And I think that's one of the things that they're going to try to do after they establish the run is try to, to hit things over the middle. I think they're, they're going to want to attack those linebackers. They're going to want to scheme ways to get Jared Cook and Donald Parham open and uh, get them matched up one-on-one against the, the, those Chiefs linebackers. I think if they're able to do that, they're going to find a lot of success. I also expect them to use Keenan Allen in the quick passing game because uh, if they can't establish the run, that's another way to do that too. It, it's really just about possession in this game. And then, of course, on the defensive side, you have to try to erase Travis Kelsey or limit his effectiveness as much as possible. And fortunately, the Chargers have a guy named Darwin James who is capable of covering anyone on the on the defensive side. He really is, is an amazing football player. I expect to see him a lot on Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are the two weapons you cannot let beat you. I expect Dorn to be on Kelsey a lot, and I expect them to bracket Tyreek Hill as much as possible as well, having a corner and a safety over the top because those are the two guys you know that they're going to go to. And also, you got to be ready for the off-script plays. It's very, very important because Patrick Mahomes is really good at, at extending the play. He's good at those scramble drills, that backyard football type. He can throw from a million different angles and very, very accurately and obviously has a very strong arm, so he can do it from anywhere on the football field. So you have to be able to cover from whistle to whistle because the play is not over until it's over with Patrick Mahomes and those electric weapons that they have. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, you know, the Ravens showed us that last week uh, with Tyreek Hill. I think he had less than, I mean, he obviously had less than 100 yards, but I think he was even less than 50. So that's definitely a key coming into the game. Um, So what's the perfect game for Justin Herbert for you? I mean, is there something you'd like to see? I know he's played extremely well his sophomore season. Uh, We all know what he did his rookie year. Is there something that you could see him maybe adapting to or, or doing a little bit better coming into this game? Yeah, definitely. I think it has to be the interceptions. You, he's got to clean that up. You, you cannot, especially going up against this team, you can't give the Chiefs any more opportunities on offense than they're going to get. That, that's just a recipe for you to lose. And Justin Herbert, unfortunately, right now has more interceptions than touchdowns. Now, I don't think all of those interceptions are on him, but he also needs to be, make better reads and get in better rhythm. He, needs, he also has seen him throw the ball behind a couple of receivers Uh, I think he's got to just clean that up a little bit. I'm not overly concerned because I've also seen some absolutely incredible throws that I don't think many other quarterbacks on earth could have possibly made. I mean, I think I saw him throw one about 40, 50 yards in the air to Keenan Allen on the sideline against the Dallas Cowboys uh, over a a corner and in between a safety, which I think there's maybe two or three other quarterbacks in the world that could have made that throw. Um, It's just, it's incredible to watch, but it's, it's cleaning up the mistakes cleaning up the interceptions and also scoring in the red zone that's part of the quarterback's job as well he needs to be able to put his team in the best play so they can go out there and score touchdowns it's very very important so it's cleaning up the interceptions and improving your red zone efficiency those are the two things that i need to see justin herbert improve on in this game and going forward all right so last thing and then i'll get you out of here i know you got another podcast to record um just 
out of the blue here, is there one stat line you think is extremely important to winning this game? Is it, I mean, it kind of goes along with the Justin Herbert interceptions. Is it less than two interceptions for Justin Herbert? Is it 150 yards rushing or total yards from Austin Eckler? Is, is there a stat line you'd like to see here that you think would almost guarantee a Chargers win? I think it's keeping Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill under 75 yards apiece. I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking collectively. I'm talking individually. You need to keep both of those weapons under 75 yards apiece. If the defense is capable of doing that and also, and I mean, also the penalties, if the chargers have, let's call it four or less penalties in this game, I think that puts, that means that they're protecting the ball. That means they're not shooting themselves in the foot. Um, if those two, if those couple of things happen, I think you're definitely looking at a Chargers victory after this game. Well, awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. You can uh, follow David Drogemeyer at DRO Talk SD on Twitter and listen to the Locked On LAC podcast for more of his content. Thanks, man. Hey, I appreciate it anytime. Uh, look forward to talking to you guys again. Once again, thanks to David Drogemeyer for coming on the podcast. Uh, now let's get into some AFC West talk. Uh, Price, do you want to go ahead and start it off? One of the best divisions in football. Maybe the NFC West and then the AFC West. The NFC North is kind of, I mean, I think the Ravens really had their Super Bowl last night. I don't think they're that good. Um, obviously, the Browns are a great team, but the Steelers look awful. And the Bengals are the Bengals. I really think that the AFC West might be the second best division in football and, you know, be sneaky good across the league. Yeah. I mean, even the Raiders are playing pretty well. I mean, they just beat the people we lost to last night. So as far as I'm concerned, if, if somebody makes the argument that the Raiders are better than the chiefs, obviously you just stop listening to them. But I think that the Raiders played better than we did on defense. That's... Yeah, and I, I do think we'll start with the Raiders. I definitely think that that is the place that um, there is the most noticeable improvement. And I will give it up to the Raiders for hiring a good defensive coordinator. They switched to that Seattle scheme. Um, I think that that's going to do really well. They made some pretty kind of under the radar signings. Casey Hayward has been phenomenal for them in the past two weeks. Um, now, obviously, it's the early, it's early in the season. Things change. But um, the moving, I believe that it's Jonathan Abram that they're moving to linebacker, who, you know, the Chiefs have routine, routinely abused in pass coverage. But he's, I mean, he's athletic as heck and can make a lot of plays on the ball. So that, you know, that might make a lot of sense. They were getting insane pressure on Lamar Jackson last week. Now I know that, you know, uh, they had Villanueva on the right and they moved him to the left and it looks like their left tackle wasn't very healthy, but Ngakwe is still getting good pressure. Max Crosby is a freak and um, they're getting good pressure with four, by the way, they're barely blitzing. So yeah, the, the Raiders defense, you know, here in a couple of weeks, we might be looking back and laughing because they did play two pretty limited passing quarterbacks, but I think, I think it's safe to say that it's better than it was. And the Raiders gave the Chiefs all that they could handle in two games. So that is definitely definitely a little reason to be concerned. Um, the offense for the Raven or the Raiders looks a lot like it did in that week five game. 
where they're taking advantage of the Waller matchup on people and then just occasionally going for those home run balls with um, rugs, which they hit a really big one this week. Yeah, and being on my fantasy team, I was very, very happy about rugs getting that. Um, I think he had 22-something points for my fantasy team. Anyway, um, yeah, and Darren Waller, always a monster. Um, Speaking of turnarounds, the Broncos look really, really good this year. And I'm looking at their point differential. They've scored 50 points and only allowed 26 points to be scored on them. And that's the best in the division by far. I mean, we're talking 20 points, the difference between them and the lo- the next lowest. Um, I mean, did we expect this big of a turnaround from the Broncos this early? Like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you back a little bit on the Broncos. While I do think that they certainly look better, the Broncos also have the softest start to their schedule that they basically could have had. They had the Giants Week One which, yes, they looked pretty good on Thursday Thursday night football against the football team, but also that was two turds and a toilet bowl together. That was, you know, er, that was kind of like when you're sitting there watching a high school football game and you kind of get into it and you just forget that you're watching high schoolers. And then they get the Jags, and then, oh, guess what? Next week they get the Jets. So um, they're going to be 3-0, and and those are the teams that they will fatten up on and they're a cl- they are very much like the 2016 2017 Chiefs where they go and get those easy Ws that they that they're supposed to get cuz they got a guy who won't turn over the ball they got playmakers all over the field and the defense is good and they'll they'll fatten up on those but um you know I'm going to hold my water a little bit more on the Broncos than I am the Raiders even though I do think that the Steelers and Ravens may not be quite those teams that we think they were going to be. But yeah, man, the point is, is that those, I could completely see Drew Locke losing to the Giants because he throws two picks and that's not there anymore with Teddy Bridgewater. So the, the Broncos look good. That defense is going to be legit. Um, there, there's a lot there that could scare you as a Chiefs fan. Oh yeah. And I mean, not the least of which is Cortland Sutton, who is a guy I was super high on coming into this year, former first round draft pick. I think he was the first wide receiver taken in his draft class. Dude was a monster yesterday. Yeah, he had like I 150 mean, yards yesterday. Yeah, yep. and they did that whenever Jerry Judy went down. So, you know, that means a lot too. And I I, I think that you, you have to remember that when it comes to these divisional games, it's not necessarily the fact that they're playing them. It's the fact that they get to play them twice and that it's hard to beat a team twice any season. And the chiefs have done that with such ease that I think we forget that, you know, the Patriots would go down and lose to the dolphins like once a year. I, and I, I, I definitely think there's a situation that the chiefs lose a, or maybe even two or three game in within the division this year, because there's not a bad team. There's not a just roll over and let me scratch your belly team. And, no, um, and even the one on the bottom of the scoreboard here, the Chargers, they're a loaded roster this year. I mean, Justin Herbert is coming off of, a, like, one of the best rookie seasons of all time, and he's got weapons all over the field. Keenan Allen, uh, Williams, Mike Williams. Um, and, I mean, like, just just playmakers all over the field. Austin Eckler, they could pose a real threat as well, especially uh, this upcoming week. Yeah, and we'll get into Chiefs Chargers here in a little bit. But one thing I will say about the Chargers that is a little confusing to me, 
every time I watch a Chargers game, and this goes back to last year too, I sit there and just be like, oh my gosh, Justin Herbert, dude. Justin Herbert is that dude. Like he is just, he's so good. And I just sit there and think about what a good quarterback he is and how like, you know, him and Mahomes are going to run the AFC. And then at the end of the game, the Chargers lose 21-23. And I'm like, wait a minute. How did he, how did they only score 21? Like Justin Herbert looks amazing. There's something, and I'm not, I hate this narrative, so I'm not going to say it, but the, like, he's not a winner thing. There's something there that I'm not sure what is. And maybe this will be a good question if we get another chance to talk to our friends over at Locked On Chargers. Just what is it that kind of makes that happen? Because that seems to be a trend that you see all these great highlight reel plays and you expect the Chargers offense to be so lethal. But then in the end, they're not putting up those big numbers. It just seems like automatic that Mahomes is getting 28, 30 points on the board. It's almost a rarity when they don't. But they they really get stuck in the mud. They've scored 40 points in two weeks, 20 points a game. So there, there's something going on there. Maybe it's just that he struggles in the red zone. He he has thrown quite a few interceptions. I mean, by quite a few, I mean, you know, let's, I'll have to look. But I know that he has thrown a few. But there, there's something there that kind of interests me. The defense is going to be good. I texted you yesterday and told you that my guy, defense future, uh, future rookie, defensive rookie of the year, was already making plays all over the field for them, Asante Samuel Jr., but um, yeah, it, it's, go, it's going to be another hard fought one in Arrowhead next week. So, I mean, I know how I feel about this division. How do you feel it playing out now that we're two weeks in? We've kind of seen how the teams are playing. and Because I have the Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, then Raiders at the bottom. What, what do you think? Well, for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, he's not leading the division, which is just kind of crazy in itself to really think about. Um, but ultimately, I do think that's going. I think I think it's going to end up being Chiefs, and oh man, I don't. <laughs> I, th- I hate to put you I, on the spot. I, I, I no, I don't want to say it because I, I feel like it's me buying into the same thing over and over again. Don't but say really, the Raiders. Well, you can't I, say the Raiders. That's what I was going to say is the Raiders, <laughs> and, and here's why. Okay, here's the reason why. What the Raiders do is more sustainable than what the Chargers do. And what I mean by that is the Raiders have like a, like we've seen it week after week establish the Kelsey. Kelsey is just so easy to go back to. It's such a matchup nightmare with Waller that is going to continue to be there. John Gruden is a good offensive coordinator. He draws up good stuff. We know that they are going to give the Chiefs all that they can handle in those two games. Yes, the defense might be a mirage at this point, but I, I truly think that Derek Carr, um, we a lot of times it gets thrown in that category where it's like Kirk Cousins and like other players like that, like Matt Ryan, where they're just good enough to keep you in a game and never win a game. But I, I truly think that Derek Carr might be maybe in that like next tier. I'm not necessarily sure what tier I'm talking about. He's obviously not in the top tier or in a Mahomes level tier, but I think that he is a slightly underrated for what he does. And I think I just think that the Raiders be, are going to be a good offense. And Brian Edwards looks really good. Ruggs is coming around. This Kenyon Drake signing was pretty smart. Josh Jacobs is still there. Um, other than Alex Weather, Leatherwood sucking so far, which he truly has. Um, I, I just I think that there we look at how I've just noticed this in general. 
there's this thing where we talk about what happened last year, like it's happened year after year. Yes, the Raiders have kind of tripped over themselves in the last couple of games of the year, but also the, the Raiders lost several plays in the last won several games but on the last play last year. And then they also lost several plays, lost several games on the last play. Like there's a lot of flip of the coin there. And I think this might be the year that it comes up heads for the Raiders. So I'm going to go Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. But I think it's going to be very muddy. I think this might be a year that the Chiefs don't get a one seed. It might be more of an 11 and six or a 12 and five type of look. Oh, after last night's game, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, the only thing I'll push back on about your Raiders thing is that there's a second half to this season, and they normally don't do uh, nearly as good in the second half of the season. So I, yeah, I but, have them going like two and six over the last eight games, Yeah, which I'm, I don't I'm, think is unheard of. I'm going to pull up the roster here. But my reason for putting the, the Raiders over the Chargers is because the Chargers just have a way of freak things happening to them. and Again, this is just my bias. I am always going to lean towards the more offensive-minded coach. And while I do think that Brandon Staley's a better coach than what they've had, I, I still there's still some questions that I have about how he manages the game, and I'm not sure I can get over that. So here's the back half of their schedule. So their bye week is in week eight. This is the Raiders. They go Giants, Chiefs. So, you know, Giants suck. Chiefs are good. Bengals. Bengals are crappy, but um, Cowboys, obviously they're a good team. The football team. So they get the NFC East, just like the Chiefs. So they do play the Chiefs twice in the second half of their schedule. So that obviously they got the Chiefs twice, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts, and the Chargers. So fairly salty, but also you could see them beating the Giants. You could see them beating the Bengals, see them beating the football team. Then they just got to beat like the Denver, the Colts, or the Chargers. Like I could completely see them coming in at nine and eight, 10 and seven, which doesn't sound that great, but that'd be the best that they've done in a while. And that might win the division with some tiebreakers. It is possible. I'll say that it is possible. I don't think, I think that they maybe win two of those last two games and it's Giants and maybe Cowboys. Just as yeah, a, and, and you might be completely games. right. I might just this might be the overreaction. This might be Cam Newton's an MVP candidate last year, or you know whatever stupid thing we were talking about this time last year. But I I just think that um, I guess I just think that John Gruden's a, a little bit underrated as a coach, and I think that defense has improved enough that the offense is strong enough that they're a little bit 2018 Chiefs maybe where. The offense is strong enough that it can kind of overcome some in def, uh, deficiency on defense, but we'll have to see. For me, I'm just going to need to – if the Chargers could just take the next step and be the team they're supposed to be on paper, it would be a slam dunk for Chargers. But it's just just like that Cowboys game. Like, you felt like the Chargers should have won that game five times, but instead they come away losing, and you just wonder, like, how did it happen? And they tried to give the game away against the Washington football team, but Ryan Fitzpatrick broke his hip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this division division will definitely be one to watch. Obviously everybody that's listening will probably be watching because it's the chiefs division, but I don't know, man, this, this could really be a tough slate, especially deep into the uh, regular season, sorry, deep into the regular season um, where we could see some change, maybe even the chiefs. I don't want to say they're not going to win the division, but if the defense doesn't turn around, that could definitely be, 
definitely be a possibility. No, there's no doubt that part of the reason why the Chiefs have hosted the AFC Championship three years in a row is because they've been able to beat up on their division. I mean, point in case, the Tom Brady era Patriots, where they just beat up on Mark Sanchez and the turnstile of quarterback that was for the Dolphins or whatever was happening in that division. So, um, yeah, that's the AFC West is looking strong, and it'll be interesting to see how that helps or hurts the Chiefs. And for our last little thing, let's just kind of pregame the Chargers here as they come into Arrowhead. Um, this it, it's kind of crazy to say because I'm not sure there is such a thing in Week Three, but does this feel like a must-win game almost for the Chiefs? In an odd way, yeah, it does kind of feel that way, especially because it's another divisional matchup. Um, not another one. It is our first divisional matchup. Um, but I can really see, like you said, the Chargers are just such a weird team. I, I don't know if they pose a threat or if they're extremely threatening. Like our defense isn't great, but we've always played the Chargers well. Like there's kind of this ambiguity surrounding this game and, and whether or not it's important or whether or not it isn't, so much but I I feel like this is a must win how do you feel about it yeah I mean I I almost completely agree that it's a must win game the Broncos will be three and oh the Raiders will be three and oh after they get to face the Jacoby Brissett led Miami Dolphins and then you've got the Chiefs and Chargers playing each other straight up one of these teams they're both one and one at this time are going to be one and two in last place in the division and already have a half game tiebreaker lost to the other so um they have to be one game better so yeah it, it almost is a must win especially because you know the other side of this Chiefs Chargers matchup is a Thursday night game where they have to go to LA in prime time and play and traveling on Thursday night football is some of the most severe statistical advantages that exist in football like um you know, as far as home and timing, there's not a whole lot of that that matters in football, but traveling on Thursday night football is one of the few that, you know, the money set, the smart money says that that is a decided advantage to the home team. So, um, you know, it, it really does kind of feel like a must win, especially because the Chiefs, and I thought this about talking a, about this in the first part of the segment. This but, is a, a oh, Sunday ahead. night game, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, this is a... The Chiefs, Chiefs Chargers is at noon. It's a noon game. Oh, okay, noon game on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I was talking about the later matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers. It's a Thursday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you you really feel like you need to grab this one from the Chargers, and it would be nice to see the it would be nice to see the Chiefs like. And I know this is stupid because we're talking about betting, but it'd be nice to see the Chiefs cover for once. The Chiefs are just becoming this team that don't cover, that always end up playing close games, and you know play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You let a team hang around, um, the, sometimes they come back and win, see the Ravens. Um, so I, I guess one of my big things to focus on uh, for the Chiefs Chargers game is going to be limiting Austin Eckler on the ground and through the air. The reason why I'm picking him, because I, I don't know that a running back can really change the game that much, but I really think that they need to have that game where they can just really focus in on rushing the passer. And if they keep Austin Eckler involved and the run, and I mean, we saw what that did to the chiefs this week, 
if the Chiefs can really focus on just rushing the passer and putting them in passing situations, I think we can kind of see some of that pass trash. Maybe we will feel decent about Jaron Reed and, and Frank Clark and Chris Jones and see Tershawn Wharton come out a little bit more. So I think if, you know, they can get a lead or force the Chargers in a passing situation, I think that's going to help. So let's just say that, that you know, worst comes to worst, it comes to Sunday and the Chiefs still don't have a pass rush. Well, what do you think our moves are then? Because I, I agree, getting Austin Eckler out of the game is going to be one of the key key points we have to make uh, heading into this game. But it, I don't even know if there's anything we can do at this point if we don't have a pass rush. Is, is there anything? Could we trade anybody? Is there any weird scenario you have in your head? Oh, I'm not sure. I The Chiefs have just been a team that doesn't seem to like to make a lot of moves in season. Um, I, I truly think that if the pass rush continues to struggle, that might be what causes them to start putting uh, Chris Jones more on the inside. So that's kind of what I'm hoping happens a little bit because I feel like that is going to be their players in the best situation to succeed. Um, but I don't know, man, it, it's definitely concerning. Yeah. And you know, kind of piggybacking off of your Austin Eckler thing. Yeah. Stopping the run is going to be my most important key. It's we, we can't let what happened last night happen again this week. And that all starts with the front four and the linebackers. And if Ben Neiman plays any more snaps, I'm going to lose it. Well, so. he's going, he's going to, so just, just accept it. But man, um, okay, so my next one is going to be taking what is there. Um, that This is a big theme when playing the Chargers. Now, they have a little bit different, different defensive scheme with Brandon Staley, but for a long time, and, and this trend continued with the Ravens, who blitzed the lowest percentage they've ever blitzed. So they were going into that too high look that we've seen other teams attempt to do with the Chiefs before. Um, and Part of the reason for Mahomes kind of not getting a lot of credit for this week against the Ravens was he kind of just took what the offense was there. There was not as much big down the field plays like we saw against the Browns. And that is very much what I expect he will have to do with the Chargers. Um, they've got a lot of t- talent in the secondary. They're going to keep everything in front of them. So he's just going to have to rely on his players making plays after the catch, which is totally okay. That's why the guys are on this roster that are. Um, so I, I would really like to see the Chiefs focus on that. I'm not even going to bring up um, the certain running back that plays for the Chiefs, but, I, you know, this might be a good game to see if the Chiefs can get something going in the running game. Maybe Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon can um, get some snaps and start getting going a little bit. So I think that that is something that's going to be important because it, it keeps the Chiefs – we saw what happened to the offense last year in L.A., when they were pressed and had to really keep going for the big play over and over again, it was very, they got muddy down. They only scored 23 points. It took them into overtime. So really like to see a nice, efficient offensive performance. Keep that negativity in the first segment. All right. We're past the doom and gloom. It's all uphill from here. For me, I'm going to say that we need to be, we need to communicate better. That's the best way of putting it. Um, There were a lot of plays, especially on the defensive end, that, that just got blown. There were missed assignments that just got just got blown um, because of miscommunication. And whether it was, that was because Tyron and Frank Clark were finally back in the defense, um, you know, 
giving out their orders and stuff like that. It, there were just miscommunications all over the field. So I would say that, you know, getting, getting players in position to make plays and, and being better equipped to, to handle what the offense throws at you um, is going to be another one of the keys this week to winning the game. Yeah, my last one is going to be, I would really like to see the Chiefs defense focus on, on limiting the secondary role players of the Chargers. So I really don't need to see Mike Williams go up and make an impossible catch like he seems to always do against the Chiefs. I don't need Jared Cook to have 97 yards. I understand that Keenan Allen is a, an elite talent, and he's going to get his. He's going to come out looking good, and we'll probably get a touchdown or a really big game. But if the Chiefs can just, you know, deal with Keenan Allen and understand that Justin Herbert's a great quarterback, and if they can eliminate some of those secondary weapons, I feel pretty good about it because I know that Keenan Allen's is going to get his, but we, we, we don't want to get beat by those guys because I, I do not think that Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert alone are going to beat us or Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. It's those other guys that can really, um, really make it an offense that's too much to handle. Um, so that's, that's going to be my last takeaway is just to really shut down the Chargers offense secondary weapons. And my final key is going to be shut down their defensive weapons, more specifically Joey Bosa. He, he has not necessarily been the terror to us as he has to other teams in the past, but make no mistake, he is still an elite defensive end in this league. And this is a very, very uh, green offensive line. We need to make sure that, that he's accounted for on every single play, make sure he's not in the backfield more than he is, uh, you know, being being blocked by Niang or Orlando Brown. We need to keep him in that pass rush at bay because I believe that if we can do that and we can give Mahomes more time to throw, that, I mean, only good things can happen when Mahomes throws the football. So if we can just keep that going, I think we'll have a pretty good game offensively. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about this. We'll, we'll do this to close out. Just, just to show you how scary the Chargers kind of are, let's kind of go down a little checklist here of things that the Chargers have and a thing the Chiefs have. Um, a big-time quarterback. Check for the Chargers. Check for the Chiefs. Um, a top-end wide receiver. Check for the Chiefs. Check for the Chargers. A game-changing safety. Check for the Chiefs. Check for the Chargers a top five to two pass rusher at their position. Check for the Chiefs, check for the Chargers. There's a lot of similarities there. Now, the two that stand out to me the most that separate the two is, um, you know, a top shelf tight end. The Chargers do not have that. And then we, the other thing is Andy Reid. I don't think that we, there's not, you know, no near amount of work to say that. Brandon Staley could be that guy, but the pieces are there. And those are some of the most important positions. Oh, I forgot to say, and, you know, a young left tackle that's looking really solid. Um, the Chargers had that and the Chiefs had that in Eric Fisher for a long time. A top, you know, a high end pick left tackle that was controllable, that was really dependable for them. The Chargers had that as well. So there's a lot of similarities there. And that's, that's the reason why every year you see people pick the Chargers to win the division because the pieces are there. It's just that they can, you know, solve the puzzle. Well, and like you said earlier, it's just such a weird team. Like how, how many times this year, even should they have scored in something weird happened? How many times this year have 
they should have made an interception or they dropped it and and then the drive goes on for a touchdown and there's a weird penalty like that that's just the way that the chargers are for some reason and that's why i don't think they're going to win the division this year but they'll get close i think they'll be a playoff team for sure awesome all right so thanks again guys for listening uh this has been an episode of not just another sports podcast with christian and price you can follow me at cbreezy underscore edits on twitter and you can follow price at price a carter as well thanks guys